This is Brand Builders. We've been actively working in D2C land for years and are continuing to be in the trenches daily. I'm Matt Lady, one of the co-hosts. Each week, I have an episode with Tom Brown, an episode with Richie Mashiko. Sometimes we'll have one together. We are here to share our unfiltered, candid, casual perspectives, insights, lessons, experiences on building a D2C brand. We text about this stuff all the time and are super nerds about all things e-commerce. And we just want to share this with you and hope you get something from it. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to Brand Builders. You got me and Richie on the mic today. Richie, what do you think about Open Store? Uh, Keith Raboy, Raboy's, uh, not sure how to pronounce his name, but they, he was on Limited Supply with Nick and Moyes. And so what do you think about Open Store? Let's talk about that. Well, first of all, I love Keith Raboy. He's funny and he's good at building businesses. And he was a good operator at PayPal and Square and all the investments they made. So I'll say that first. So when I heard him talk about Open Store, you know, or should we say what Open Store is? Is basically an aggregator that buys e-com brands. He said like 500k to 10 mil. Shopify um, specifically. Shopify, yes, Shopify e-com stores. And I always thought it was an interesting business. You know, I think sometimes as operators were like oh shit like what are like the real secrets like the big people have you know what i mean like oh like what are like those homies who are doing like hundreds of millions in revenue like doing that like us folks who are doing like one five ten twenty million revenue are are we don't have access to like what's like the current you know what's the secrets what's the sauce um, what's that secret what's sauce? the sauce you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. um i listened to the podcast and i was really excited for it um and then I was like, wait, there's no sauce. There's no secret. <laughs> there's no there's sauce. No sauce. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's, I'm sure like operationally, um, you know, you have to do a lot of things correctly. You got to build systems and processes, but it's, I don't think there's like a magic algo that they have that's finding, um, finding like crazy, like brands or, um, there's no like magic algo that they're they found a way to acquire customers that's not facebook ads you know what i mean yeah so um i think the takeaway was kind of like what moise's takeaway was like the ambition thing like the fact that he he and jack abraham who was a part of atomic um in case you guys don't know atomic um they're kind of like a venture studio and they spun out hymns uh, it was a pretty successful it was one of their most successful ones they were ambitious. They had clout. You know, they could go raise a bunch of money, and they were just kind of fearless and said, "Let's do it." So I uh, came away from that interview saying, "Wow, like, okay, maybe they're this is like a scalable model. It's hard, right? Um, but it's possible." I don't know. What do, what do you think? What do you think about? It? You listen to it too? Yeah, I listen to it too. Like I do with uh, pretty much every limited supply that comes out. Now that I, at first I, I didn't listen to him for a while, then I kind of caught up and binged them all. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. <laughs> I'm glad I listened to it. So I catch them out when they come out for the most part. And so I think it was similar reaction of like, wait, there's no secret sauce. There's no like, or if there is, he's definitely not sharing it. And hmm. so he, he shared some numbers. He shared some insights. But what stuck out to me, I think one of the first things I texted you was, why so many engineers? <laughs> so many oh, yeah. engineers for e-commerce? 
<laughs> the part the part that I didn't get was like, oh, we're gonna build like native apps for all the stores. You know what I mean? I didn't really get that. Yeah. Down- getting people to download an app is hard. Yeah. So like engineers on e-commerce in this economy, it just didn't like add up. I was like, half your team is engineers. I think half my team would be marketers and the other half would be TikTok people and like one or two engineers, right? They only have yeah. 30 or 40 sto- brands only, uh, 30 or 40 brands right now, but they're all relatively on the smaller side. I'm just curious what they need all those technical engineer people for. Yeah, like, I, 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 don't, that, I don't get that. Yeah, I didn't really understand that either. Um, I think what might be interesting to give people some more context was uh, a couple of things, uh, highlights that I took away from it, from what Keith said, was, well, first of all, I really like that Moise has this interesting, not an, he's just good at asking the right fucking questions. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, 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 he's told a story before where he went to like some Super Bowl or like a Super Bowl, like a party. And it was like a Marriott thing, and he talked to like a homie who owns like hella Marriotts, and he just like asked him a bunch of these questions. And then by the like the end of the talk, like he and his brother like knew like everything of how they ran their business, and like that guy was like, "Who the fuck are you guys?" Yeah. Um, so I just say Moise is really good at that. I really appreciate that about Moise. Like he knows the hard hitting questions to ask. You know what I mean? Yeah. So because of those hard hitting questions and those 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 answers that Keith gave, um, they buy a two X EBITDA. Okay. So typically. Um, Brands 500k to 10 mil in revenue. They call it GMB. That's revenue. Um, 2x EBITDA, and typically, you know, if you run e-commerce, you know, EBITDA probably somewhere from 10 to 25 percent. You know, probably more 15, 20 percent. So you could do the math on that. Um, probably not paying more than a few million dollars per brand. Uh, I don't think. Um, and from what it sounded like, a lot of the struggles or the the opportunity that. Um, uh, he saw or that they that open store sees in these businesses is that hey you know they're not really benefiting from economies of scale right they might be uh, not have great pricing for shipping or their logistics or other services so where they come in is they're able to provide those economies of scale and uh, improve the unit economics and I think you know just from listening to that it was it just kind of you know gave me some perspective still that there's a lot of people out there um, who might not necessarily be in the D to C e-com Twitter sphere or, you know, listening to pods, um, you know, looking at all these resources, knowing about these places and agencies, kind of similar situation that you're in, Matt, right? Where you're, you came in and you're came in as head of growth and started cleaning stuff up. Um, things, you know, that people like us have kind of been living in for the past few years. Um, it's like uh, not the common knowledge, so give ourselves some credit. But also that there's just like a lot of oppor- a lot of opportunity to help people. Um, yep. I, I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know what do you think about that. Yeah, I think that's good background and context for. So thanks for expanding on that. And is keeps going back to the fundamentals aren't so fundamental, and like what's easy for us isn't so easy for everyone, and. Such a good point about not everyone's on D2C Twitter. And so even though we see the same content and threads and stuff over and over and over again, but Twitter's such a small subset of everyone. <laughs> like there's so many uh, on the other side of the coin, there's so many millionaires, billionaires making a ton of money that aren't on Twitter. And they're just too busy in like 
living their life and like running businesses and not trying to be a micro influencer, right? And thread, be a thread boy. Mm-hmm. So like at the same time, there's those people that aren't on it or aren't consuming these things and don't know the basics. And there's so many people that are just busy with business in their life. So I think that was really interesting. And that's why I'm just going to keep doing this show and uh, brand builders with you and Tom and e-commerce uncovered with all my guests that I have on, because there's gotta be a way to help these people out. Like you don't just have to sell the open store and like get bailed right. out and like, Oh, I made a million dollar business, but I only sold it for like 200 K because I didn't know about gross margins or shipping and my CAC and like how to run ads effectively, or I didn't hire the right people. So that's personally, like, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's one of my things that I want to keep doing. I want to keep right. trying to help and share free information. Um, we, we don't know everything and we still have plenty of stuff to learn as we go, but we've spent a lot of time in the zero to $2 million space and seen it inside of a bunch of brands and kind of know some of the basics, these foundational frameworks. So um, now that being said, I'm going to get back to the like, too many engineers point. Like, <laughs> what okay. is you doing with all this tech and engineers? Like, what could you possibly be doing? What's the point of buying Shopify specific stores if you're going to just change the tech anyway? Like, what the heck? Like, I, I'm not getting that part. If you're if you're not going to use Shopify for Shopify and the tech stack within that, then why are you focusing on that? Is there some secret? Maybe that's the secret sauce. There's some arbitrage of we're going to make better apps than the ones available. We don't have to pay the monthly costs or the revenue share for them. And then we build it internally and we can use it across the 40 brands. And he wants to acquire one new one every week uh, in Q4. So maybe that's the secret sauce. Maybe like he's so much smarter than me, but like just for that point, I don't get it. So I would rather just hire an army of my uh, creators and micro influencers and just spam organic content and help help the offset of like rising CAC. And then, cause I'm sure his people and his team is way more media buying funnels, strat- like strategy and data versus 20 to 30 year olds running around like making TikToks. And I'm not saying that, I'm not trying to say that in a bad way in, a, in light of anything, but just based on his background and his team, it seems like they're all in that on that strength, but they're missing this other opportunity or didn't, they didn't talk about the opportunity. So that's kind of just what I had to, my takeaway and say of it. Yeah. Um, if I had to steal minute, the engineers thing, well, I didn't really understand the native app thing. Like getting people to, to download an app is so hard and like how much better are push notifications than like SMS. You know what I mean? Like how incremental, I don't, it might be 10% better. I don't know. But is it a hundred times better or a hundred percent better? I wouldn't bet on it. Um, I think, and I don't know why you would need so many engineers to do this, but like if they're building like their underwriting model, right? Like, so basically the idea of an underwriting model is like, um, okay, how much is this business worth? It's like when you go like, buy a house okay like is the roof on like do i need to like change the bathrooms do i need to like is there structural damage do i need to get a plumber is it like good to go like what neighborhood is it in you know what i mean how many what's a square foot um you know how many bed how many bath so that's like a form of like underwriting 
right? So underwriting is just like a fancy term for like figuring out how much something is worth, right? So, <clears throat> um, so if he looked at the underwriting model, I really think this two x EBITDA, like these business, like that's that's a freaking deal, dude. Um, yeah. I I think so. I think there's some arbitrage there, but I mean, yeah. I, I, now that I talk talk it out a little bit more, I don't know why you need all those engineers. <laughs> Are they all building like landing pages? <laughs> I, I don't know. No, I, I don't know. I I, th- I hope they talk. He talks more about it as or we find out more as they go. Open store, it's been around for what a year and a half, two years now, or less than a year. I don't. Um, I don't know. But they raised a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, they raised a ton of money. They're buying these brands. <laughs> their their goal is to buy one a week in Q four this year. Um, they, apparently, their system and setup is to be able to buy one new one a day. And so they're already ready for that. So maybe that's why they need all the engineers. So they could just go through all the deals and underwrite and have this front end a process efficient so that they can find, you know, the winners, the arbitrage opportunity. So maybe it's less on the individual brand side and more on the whole business side, but yeah, I'm not sure. I actually want to say something about the aggregators real quick. Something that I was thinking about today. I know in like D2C ecom Twitter, like there's been a lot of discussion or like, oh, how hard is it to run these aggregators? And they're hard businesses. Um, our friend Andrew, 4x400, you know, got rid of all their businesses except one. Um, Kelsey, uh, what's the name? Kelsey 365 Holdings. Yeah, yeah. And talks about how hard it is. Maytab, you know. Um, but I think it is, I think it is possible to do these i think one of the ones that i like the motor that just from like the outside looking in like not having access to any cash flow or pnl or any financials or anything like that is taylor sicards the win brand group i think they do a solid job i think they do a really good job of choosing really strong brands and products right so like gravity homesick kalo rings and then operational expertise i used to think for the longest time like having e-com expertise is like the differentiating factor or it could be the the factor of why you win right and i think if you talk like four by 400 guys that was their thesis like we're great digital marketers we come from an agency we know um how to acquire customers on facebook um we think that's like our edge um and it's, it's certainly important but i don't necessarily think uh, especially as you know d2c is just a channel not a business model now whatever um, you know, uh, is, 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 is not the edge. So I think the edge is having a really good product and brand. I mean, super like, um, like, uh, I forgot the word, um, but like typical, right. Or a cliche, but you have to have a great product. You have to have a great brand and great ops. Like I know a lot of those are, I know like homesick is like really big on Amazon, um, do collaborations, partnerships, wholesale, big box, all these different things. They're just really good at operating um, consumer business, consumer brands, consumer CBG brands. And that's what it takes. I think if you look at like the best holding companies, like the LVMHs of the world, the Diageos, the Constellations, all the food conglomerates, the PNGs, they're just really good at having dedicated resources to each business, figuring out the business model, figuring out the unit economics um, and going really deep. You know, and not judging success off of like, oh, I'm going to turn my one million or my investment 
um, from one to a hundred in like three years. Cause like brands, they take a long time to build, right? It's like a, it's like a compounding thing. Um, so yeah, I think they could work. I think sometimes, you know, I think having the right strategies is important, having the right expectations, having the right timeline, right? Like I said, you can't expect to win in like two years. This is like a long-term play and Keith even alluded to it. Um, having the goal IPO for open store will allow them to get a bunch of operating capital right from the, from yeah. uh, being public and being allowed a long runway to grow the business um, over a very long time horizon as opposed to trying to get an acquisition or something like that. So that that's that's my last thought on that. No, that's good, man. I think there's a way to win on that. You could win with that model. You just, there's such a specific way to win across a few brands at a time versus just focusing on one brand. Or if you're agency, you have one piece of the brand that you're, right. you know, dialed in on. So I think that's a good way to wrap up um, that discussion. Let's move ahead on to Q4. You uh, were going to get to Black Friday next, but before Black Friday, Amazon decided to have a second Amazon Prime Day. And so that was last week, two weeks ago, pretty recent. So, and we are going to talk about how Birdie did, no specific numbers needed, but just wanted to give you the floor to share how earlier in the year Prime Day went, how Prime Day might have went last year, give us some background and context on Amazon, and then share your uh, success and results this year. Yeah, so uh, full uh, disclosure, I'm no Amazon expert by any means. Uh, we work with a guy, his name is Mark. Matt also knows Mark. He's a um, beast. an agency called Tide Co. I think if we could link the his agency in the show notes, that'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, we we love we are we love I love Amazon. Okay, um, I know a lot of people have different opinions on selling on Amazon. I can tell you for a fact that we're gonna do high seven figures on Amazon um, in revenue this year. Uh, grew from low seven figures, so more than two x growth on the channel this year. Um, it's really nice having cash every two weeks deposited in your bank account for cash flow purposes. So yeah, last year on Amazon. We at the beginning we were selling maybe five to eight thousand dollars a day there, um, and our first Prime Day uh, in twenty twenty one, I think was um, sometime in June or July. I forget the specific date, but I think we did like fifteen or sixteen thousand uh, dollars over the course of two days, so thirty thousand dollars total. Um, Amazon Prime Day is normally two days, so fast forward this year it was July, and we were averaging you know. Ten to fifteen thousand dollars in sales a day on Amazon, um, and then Prime Day happened, and that spiked to forty and forty-five, I think. So we did between those two days, um, almost um, uh, around ninety grand, maybe a little, almost ninety grand, almost ninety grand. And I was like, "Oh, cool, that's awesome!" You know that uh, that almost was like how much we did during Black Friday, Cyber Monday last year on Amazon, and then. Amazon decided to have a second Prime Day, and the reason for that was, uh, and this was like a common story among a lot of retailers in general, um, big retailers, that they overstocked an inventory in 2021. A lot of things happened in the macro economy. You know, the supply chains were uh, not that stable, so everyone wanted to order a lot up front, and for, they didn't properly forecast demand, so they were stuck with a lot of stuff. So Amazon wanted to get rid of a lot of the 
merchandise that they had in their warehouse before Q4 to get the new stuff in, right, for holiday 22. So on Amazon, you can get into different deals, I think. Um, so you can run a basic coupon. Um, there's something called a lightning deal. That's what we did. So um, I think I, – I don't know the mechanics, like, Go talk to Mark <laughs> for the specifics. <laughs> uh, I honestly didn't know shit. Uh, I'm speaking like an idiot. Um, cool. Yeah, like yeah, basically an idiot. Um, <clears throat> so we ran a lightning deal the first day, um, and then I think we just did a coupon or maybe even no coupon the second day. Um, so for context, in the month of October, um, we've been doing anywhere from twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars a day on Amazon. Um, in sales, so we're on pace for like a, you know, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars a month. And then, hold on, let me let. Uh, was it over? Let, let me just guess. Is it over two hundred grand? Yes. Yes. Like over, over, right? Oh, I almost say the number. Okay. Okay. So, basically, what happened? I'll tell the story. Is that I woke up. I check Slack, right? I'm like, uh, you know, normally, like, I don't like checking Slack. It's like, fuck. Yeah, that means I have to work. Okay. Yeah, I have to put out a fire or something. You know, something need, you know, something's going to have something happen. And I got a Slack. I got a screenshot from Mark. He says, it's, this is 7 a.m. Pacific time. I live in, I live in Los Angeles. Oh, shit. Looks like we're at $162,000 for the day already. And I was like, and then he said, and then you followed that up with, um, uh, uh, I don't know if it's a glitch, but let me check. And he's like, oh, wait, no, it's real. We're on the homepage. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn, it's lit. It's lit. It's, it's lit. lit. So uh, I think, well, the first like few hours of the day, we were like, we did almost like 70 or 80K hours. Like, it was crazy. I've never, it hours. was like, it was disgusting. Hour. An hour. It was, it was disgusting, bro. I was like, what the hell is going on? This is, this is nutty. Um, but I think the thing with the prime, with the lightning deal, you could only do so much of it, or you allow for like X amount of units to be bought or something like that. Um, we should have, maybe we should have Mark on one day to tell it. That might be a good, that might be an interesting episode. Yeah. Um, Mark's a, Mark's a buddy. So we ended up, you know, doing about over four, a little over 400 K on the first day. Um, and things came way down, but just because we stopped lightning deal, they took us off the homepage. Um, but it was interesting because I was like, wow, that's like a lot of traffic that Amazon gets <laughs> like just by being on their homepage. Like, wow, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, oh, this shit kind of matters. Um, but yeah, I don't really have any tactical lessons. I think the only no, lesson no, is but... like, if you're on Amazon, like make sure you're working with someone who knows what they're doing. Um, and stocks inventory, especially if you're doing FBA. Like, we were lucky because Mark and his team were super on it. Like, they stocked a crap ton of inventory, knowing that there was a potential for primary. Of course, you can't, like, predict that, this type of stuff. Um, but then also gearing up for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, November, December is usually a pretty good month for us, or a good couple months. And I could tell you, last year, we ran out of stock on Amazon in August, and we were doing about $15,000 a day. And then you could just see the sales graph, and just went, boom. And I was yeah. like, fuck. Um, and yeah, just make sure you work with someone who knows what you're doing. And, uh, thank you, Mark and shout out to Mark and Hannah. <laughs> Dude, was no wisdom. Like, no, 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 no. There was some wisdom there. Just not from you. <laughs> from mm -hmm. the experience that you had of 
you're glad you got on Amazon a year and a half ago. You're glad you started. And maybe you make a little less profit per order, maybe. But then you do oh, Shopify. You don't think I can so? tell you something. No, we are, we're more profitable on Amazon than we are on Shopify. And it's not so, even close. And it's not even close, folks. It's not even close. There's no excuse not well. I'm sure there's some reasons not to be on Amazon. I was just going for some clickbait. But there's you should be on Amazon if you have decent like shipping. It's like a small item. It's lightweight. You have good margin and you hire the right people. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, I, the thing that I will say that kind of um, irks me sometimes, it gives me the ick. Um, I know people sometimes, you know, I think we all tell ourselves narratives, right? And yeah. we choose to believe narratives, right? And that's what life is. That's what religion is. That's where like, you believe where you went to school, that's like the myth that your parents told you growing up, right? Their life is all narratives, okay? Yep. And for some reason, I don't know if it's because people hate Jeff Bezos, that they, you know, say if you sell on Amazon, they're going to rip you off. And that may or may not be true. Um, and it's happened, obviously. I think the most famous example was when they ripped off Allbirds with Amazon Basics, okay? Yeah. So they use that as a reason not to... Or they're like, oh, it's not good for my brand. You know what I mean? Well, first of all, I'm of the belief, like the narrative that I believe in is like when you're small and like a few yeah. years old, no one gives no. a shit about your brand. Yeah. You're not like, you're <laughs> like not actually a brand. Okay. Like, no, no. You know what I mean? Yep. Brand comes exactly. from distribution over a long period of time. Right. Yep. People see you like that's, I just believe that's how brand works. Um, you know, someone could definitely disagree with me on that. So I don't necessarily believe like the Amazon selling on Amazon is going to kill your brand. I mean, Nike sells on Amazon, Apple sells on Amazon. It's not killing their brand. I can tell you that. Okay. It's making them money. Um, <clears throat> I think the other thing is like Amazon's going to rip you off. Well, you know what, buddy, if you're selling $10 million of product or $150 million or $100 million a year on Amazon and then Amazon's ripping you off. Okay. That's one thing, right? But if you're selling $100,000 or $200,000 or a million dollars a year on Amazon or $10 million, $10 million a year, I can tell you Amazon's team is like, dude, this is not even worth like our effort to like knock this off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who do you not think even. you are? Like, for some yeah. reason, people think like everyone's, I don't, I don't know. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, people are out to get them, but like, bro, no one, no one really cares about you that much. No, 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 no. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Oh, it's oh, this is my brand. This is my baby. This is what I think about twenty four seven. This is what I think my customers think about me, or what I want my customers to think about me, or my potential customers to think about me and the brand. It's a reflection of them. So for a lot of these founders, and I get that. Like I understand that entirely. That's rationally irrational, but I understand that. But Amazon is a bajillion trillion dollar company they're not 10 million nothing 10, 10 1 million 10 million that's nothing to them i like i totally they're probably losing you. money going after that if they spend yeah exactly and so or I, I the other thing is is your brand and product that simple to rip off and like it's that easy there's no other differentiator and okay you lose distribution on amazon cool and if they do go after you neat Use that as press, send people to Shopify, and you, you take your money while you can. 
you know, right? I mean, that's easy for me to say. I'd be pissed if like they did that to me, <laughs> and then I had to like deal, like you know, change directions afterwards. But it's easier said than done. But I think I'm with you. Like we're we're thinking about Amazon for some time, and we well, we're going to do fulfilled by merchant because it's yep. a huge matrix mattress in a box. Right, right. It's different than that. So yeah, exactly. So and we have a big enough. We have the capacity already warehouse wise and operationally right. We, we right now we only get a, few, a handful like half a dozen orders a day at best <laughs> like it's not like we're just busy right. breaking that shit out and our turnaround time is like one or two weeks for new product so we can pretty efficiently stay on top of inventory d2c the retail store and amazon it's really not that hard for us we have low skew count right now Sure, there's some different sizes for each mattress, but I think I think it would be will end up being a pretty decent channel because our mattress is competitively priced in the middle of the pack. It's not some cheap knockoff. It's right. not the two thousand dollar mattresses that always have a five hundred dollar, three hundred dollar sale going on. So it's kind of in the middle there. So I think I think we'll see some success with it. We'll probably start early twenty twenty three, but I think get a mark. Yeah, no, dude, I I have my second <laughs> call with him coming up. Don't worry. <laughs> Get a mark. Uh, yeah. I, can I say so, one thing, another thing that um, I think people tell themselves about Amazon that I don't necessarily think is true? I think people also tell themselves, like, hey, like, this is going to eat in, this is going to cannibalize, like, my Shopify revenue. And I'm sure there's a more sophisticated way to test this, but my gut feeling is that most revenue that we get on Amazon is actually, like, incremental. Like, and I'll just give you the example. So in 2020, we weren't on Amazon. We were just selling on our D2C. And over the course of those two months, we sold maybe around four, four to five million, like, uh, let's say $2 million a month. Keep it simple. Okay. And when we added Amazon last year, we did $3 million a month and combined Shopify and Amazon. And I think you can make the argument I mean, I know because the numbers like CAC got got more expensive on Shopify over time, so I know that our marketing wasn't as good. Um, just, and I don't think that's a function of our team or anything. I just think that's just no. like, the way the market is, right? You know, we've been advertising the same product on Facebook for over a year and a half. This year, two years and a half. Um, so yeah, I I I, I think most. Revenue you get on Amazon is incremental, and I think the reason is because people pay for the Prime membership, especially for us. In our case, uh, the way we structure it on our our e-com is, one, you pay full price in shipping. Two is free shipping. If you look at our Amazon AOV, it's about 30 35 bucks. so that to me tells me it's a one-unit sale. You're getting the free Prime shipping, right? Um, on our site, they'd have to pay $5 shipping. Um and if you look at our site, our, our AOV is around two alarms. Um, so I think it is a different buyer, actually. And some people just love shopping on Amazon. I mean, I like shopping on Amazon. It's, like, easy. I know what to expect. You know what I mean? So I, I, I do think a lot of the revenue that you get on Amazon will be incremental. And I think if you yep. talk to people who have success on Amazon, they'll tell you the same thing. Yep. I think I've mostly heard more of those stories than the opposite. I think it comes down to finding the right partner and you know just like paying attention to things like that like oh yeah our aov is lower on amazon instead of trying to increase it 
you're just like, that's what it is. That's fine. Yeah. You know, that's no one, that's maybe not a mom and daughter purchase. It's just one single person buying it. And that's okay. Cause they don't want to pay $5 for the shipping because they already pay it with prime every month. So those people don't, aren't always buying on Shopify. Like we're so right. close to this as these brand owners, people <clears throat> in e-commerce and founders and operators and or freelancers and agencies. Like this is what the world sees and thinks. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> We're the 1%. The 99% of people buying is different in how they act and think than we do. So I think this is like the macro, like the macro point that like, Hey, people think other people care about them as much as they care about themselves or like as brand owners or operators, people, we think people care about us way too much. Like, Oh, we're sending too many email campaigns. Oh, we're sending oh too God. many SMS. We're sending too, too many like flows. Guess what, homie? Most of that shit goes to the spam or it doesn't even get opened. So they don't even know. You know what I mean? They're just like, oh, whatever. And then on the off chance, they might open an email and buy something from you. So why not send more emails? Yeah. So that's, yeah. I think that's, I that's a really good life lesson, not just a business lesson. That like, is a life so, lesson. Everyone's so concerned with themselves, man. And I, I'm the biggest culprit of this still. So it's a good reminder. Um, People don't care anything, about you that much. I care about no, you, though, man. I care about I you. care about you too. I care about you too, Richie. But no one else cares about us uh, as much as we care about each other. So exactly. Okay. So I think that's anything else on Amazon. No, let's go to the next one. Okay. Hey there. Just wanted to take a second and tell you about my other show, E-Commerce Uncovered. Twice a week, I have guest experts, enthusiasts, and operators on to share me something about their expertise and their knowledge about e-commerce, building a DSC brand. We've had episodes on with financial experts, operations, marketing, acquisition, retention, customer experience, all variety, wide variety of things. That's twice a week. I'm the host. I ask them questions. They share awesome answers and insights and lessons and stories. That's e-commerce uncovered wherever you find your podcasts and it's on the high key geek YouTube. That's e-commerce uncovered. Go ahead and check it out. Next one, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, the Super Bowl, the championship, the grand burrito, every, the big like event of the year. Some brands get 20 to 40 to 60% of their revenue <laughs> each year at like in this time frame. Some brands rely on it. They live and die by it. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, 2022, Richie, what dun, dun, are you expecting? <laughs> Black Friday's coming. Um, what do you expect this year for both at, like as a macro higher level view and then for you and Birdie? Because you've done a you've had a couple Black Fridays under your belt now. So oh. t- talk to me about what you expect. I was so annoying the first Black Friday. Yeah, uh, you were. I you was were. so annoyed. <laughs> Honestly, honest? I was so annoyed the first Black Friday, man. That was kind of funny. Um, you know, I, I don't really have too con- too much concrete thoughts on the macro view. I mean, I hope it goes well. You know, I think, uh, I hope. Um, what are things that could affect Black Friday, Cyber Monday this year? Um, well, pros and cons. Pros this year versus last year. Uh, a lot of logistics problems that were happening at the end of last year are not happening this year. Um, you heard stories of 
three PLs having like three truckloads of boxes for FedEx or UPS, and then the driver would come up to to them and say, "Hey, we only we only take one of these," and they're like, "Fuck." Okay, <laughs> so I think that's going to be less of an issue this year. Cons: I don't know what consumer sentiment is going to be like. Um, if any of you have been keeping up with macroeconomic the the economy. Um, especially here in America and really all over the world. Um, inflation is a real thing. Um, unfortunately, it's not transitory inflation. And people, uh, when inflation happens, you know, people feel like they have less money to spend. So that's not good. Um, two, another con. When there's high inflation, one of the ways that um, governments and central banks combat inflation is to raise interest rates. Right to make the cost of capital more expensive, so that there's less investment, um, less money gets filtered into the economy. Depending on your view on that, the narrative that you tell yourself on that, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you drive consumer demand down. So basically, people want to spend less money, and unfortunately, people are going to start losing their jobs. Uh, that's that's not good, you know. So I, I think it's been interesting because. From the recession point of view, if you're the president, you're the party in political power, it's not good for you to say there's a recession, right? And guess what? This year, there's an election. There's a midterm election. So even though technically we had two consecutive quarters of negative growth in Q1 and Q2, which is the classical definition of a recession, the administration and the media and um, people who were on that side of the aisle didn't want to call it a recession, right? The election is in November, so I don't know what's going to happen when these when you know things start. The Fed has to hike the rates again, okay? Because they're going to hike up to at least five percent. I don't know what's going to that's going to do to the consumer sentiment. That's that's to me that's the big question mark this year, and and that that's I I just don't know. I hope it's a, I hope the people want to buy shit more than you know what I mean. I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think that makes sense and is a good explanation of uh, actual point of view and financial stuff and political stuff that matters. My my simple uh, takeaway is, yeah, there's no probably less shipping issues, but year over year growth is you know down generally from last year for most people because we're not in the middle of a pandy. And, you know, that's like a once in a lifetime, if that occurrence, and we had two years of that. So I think it's generally down so far this year and brands have too much inventory now. And so they're like, you, that's what we mentioned with Amazon Prime Day number two, like why else would you have Prime Day number two? So they have a ton of stuff. They have a ton of inventory stock, maybe stuff that's out of style on season, Black Friday. They're, we're gonna see discounts. We're going to see offers and we're going to see it earlier and earlier, just like we do every year, because I don't think consumers care as much as we do as brand owners and marketers about, oh, when are we launching our deal? Like, is it this time or this time? Like, nope. I don't think it matters too much. Um, I'm sh Please tell me I'm wrong if you have data and like whatever. But even then you can have a story that t makes your data tell a good one that fits your narrative. So <laughs> um, I think it'll be better than we're expecting, but it's not going to be massive 
It's not going to be this massive year-over-year growth from last year. Uh, people are holding on to their money for this, maybe. And they're like, ah, world's ending again. Things are screwed. Let's just buy each other gifts. Like, let's like let's just spend our money on stuff that makes us feel good. And like, oh, I really want this for myself. Or I want to give a good gift to someone. That's my non-technical, non-policy-based take. And I just well, like that feeling. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's something where it goes to the point of it's never as good as you think it's going to be. And it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. And also... Yeah. I mean, it's kind of to the same point. I mean, it's kind of a depressing point that we're iterating today that no one really cares about you. Um, but, but here we like are again macro- for the third time. <laughs> yeah, it's like the macro economy really going to affect your brand if you're doing like $10,000 a day on Shopify. You know what I mean? Like all during your Black Friday. I mean, like, and what's like the difference between like 10 and 12? I mean, it's there's a difference. There's actually a material difference. So I don't want to like trivialize it. But I don't think it's going to be the difference of 10,000 versus 50,000 versus zero. You know what I mean? So I think think it'll play out. But you guys aren't doing an offer or anything for Black Friday? Or you said maybe you would purchase? Yeah, so Stumptown in the six-ish years it's been around. Um, Never done a discount or sale. Uh, So we're going to keep it that way for now. And at most, at best, because we'll be on Shopify by then, the new site will be ready. At best, we'll do a free gift with purchase and mm-hmm. include like a mattress topper and see if we can get that conversion rate up, baby, without losing much margin. Because a mattress topper compared to a mattress is nothing. So, uh, but it's that perceived value of a free gift. And like, oh, yeah, cool. This cost me 75 right. or 100, 75 bucks, 100 bucks. It's free. <laughs> yeah, because you just bought $800 mattress. <laughs> happy, to <give> that to, <laughs> happy to give that to you. So at most, we'll do that. But um, And are you doing, planning on doing it like just the weekend or what What do you think? You don't know? Didn't even, didn't even get to the if we're doing the offer or not yet. But if mm-hmm. we are going to, it would probably just be the five days from five Friday days. to Monday, Friday to Monday. Um, I guess that's four days, but <laughs> so that, that's what I would think, say. Cause, but yeah, not, not too worried about it. We have plenty of inventory. If we need some more, we just get it in a week or two. If it's we nice. start scaling, it's insane. It's <laughs> so nice. nice. So what well, I think, I, think yeah. I want to say something about like, um, again, narratives that people say, I think sometimes people get caught up. The reason why I asked you about like, when are you going to run it? If you're going to run it, some people say I'm never running this um, early. I'm only going to do these five days because it just screws it up. Some people want to run early. Right. And are good with that. And I think, um, I don't know the exact math or science, but hear me out. Like this is my, this is my like take. Okay. Okay. <laughs> If you're an acquisition-based business, the earlier you can launch, the better. Okay. okay. I'm with you. If Keep you, going. If, you're retention, if you have good retention in your business, and I don't know what defines good retention, but theoretically, good retention, good repeat customer rate, you know, people from you, a large percentage of revenue is derived from email, then it is less important to launch early. And let me tell you why. So if 
you are a heavily acquisition-based business like Birdius, okay, it's a lot of pressure to change out ad creative that Facebook could reject or whatever platform you're running ads on can reject from like Thursday to Friday, like switching that creative, right? And then also, how do you scale spend like 5x in like the span of 24 hours, right? If you need that to happen. <clears throat> so what we've done is I think in 20, we launched in the middle of the month and I wish we did it earlier. So last year we lost and launched in the first of the month. And for us, we're really acquisition focused, right? So it was easier to go from spending already spending 40 or 50 K a day that week before black Friday. And we constantly ramp up through the month, right. And getting to 70, 80, hundred K spend on black Friday. Um, it goes up or let's kind of say the same Saturday and Sunday and cyber Mondays are normally our better day. But for us, it's easier. I, I, I don't know if you, as like the ad buyer, I, I haven't bought an ad for like over a couple of years, but, um, um, I don't know what what you might think. What, what do you think about that? I think uh, what, you're on. Yeah, I think you're onto something with the acquisition versus retention thing, man. Uh, I think I haven't really thought about it that way before. People might not be seeing your emails that early on. They're not looking out for them. But if you do start blasting ads ahead of time, then you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting Black Friday ads three weeks, four weeks out. But as you get closer and closer to that time frame. Yeah, people will know to look for ads. Like, I'm not saying they aren't looking for them ahead of time. But I think you're onto something that it's probably cheaper to just blast your emails and your texts and kind of kind of consolidate that time frame where you're pissing away margin, to put it politely, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> on discounts and offers. that. And if you're spending ads on top, like, are you even profitable? Like, do you even have an offer that allows you to do that? I don't know. Not every brand. Right. It seems so simple, but literally sometimes... Know the unit economics. Yeah. Unit sometimes brands literally just are like, oh yeah, we we made a hundred grand, but but we spent a hundred ten grand because of the <laughs> discount, right? You're like, or no. we only have 40 points of gross margin with this new offer. Oh, yeah. So we have to get a 5x smart. Yeah. <laughs> to, to break even. But, to break even, exactly. When CPMs are through the roof, when everyone else is ramping up their spend. So I think you're onto something there with the yeah. earlier the acquisition, later for retention. You know what else is interesting? I mean, we kind of, that's a bad word. I'm not going to say it. I'm censoring myself. I'm learning. Um, Good. Proud of you. We're not going to get canceled. Um, not yet. We run the sale through the middle of December. Um, really until around the 20th. But what's super interesting for the past couple of years is that we spent so much during the month of November that in December, like those first 10, 15 days, we're doing like 100K days. We did, we've done like 100K days for like the first part of the month. And at like crazy mer, dude, it's like over three, four X. and Which is a lot for like, okay. For like, us. I just want to take, take a step yeah. back. That's insane. Uh, at the scale they're at, as acquisition focused they are and with their business goals of looking to grow and exit in a few years ish. So like three to four X burr at that scale is insane for them. Yeah. So I, I don't know what the effect is, but like, I feel like all the ads we've blasted for the first, like the month 
Um, and our offer doesn't change from when we launched to Black Friday, Cyber Monday, to when we turn off in December. But I think it's just super interesting that it's like, like you know, when you're flying a plane, like you spend a lot of energy trying to get to take off. But once you're in the air, it's kind of like smooth sailing, I guess. So yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm more excited for the period after, like those first 15 days after Black Friday, yeah, <laughs> Cyber yeah. Monday, than I am for the actual Black Friday Cyber Monday. But that's just us because we run a lot of ads and we're acquisition focused. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. It's, yeah, it is. And last last thing I'll I think last thing I'll say. One question for you after that, but uh, the last thing I'll say is. If you ramp up earlier, your ads, first of all, I'm sure, uh, is Susan still running your guys' stuff? Yeah, and you know what? I actually told her okay. I want to model out the ads earlier, the ad spend yeah. earlier. I looked at historical, so um, going into November, we were spending maybe about 10K a day, 10, 11, 12, depending on that range, low teens. Yeah. So we're, we're currently spending that same amount now in October. Um, I'm, okay. I'm going to tell her to start ramping up. Um, earlier yeah. in end of October. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah, no, it's smart. So and we're going to do it earlier. So, okay, we're so, going to do it earlier. So, first of all, you have an amazing team that you've put together. You have you have quite a few Avengers on your team. Uh, to help oh, you shout out Dave. It. So, shout out Dave. Shout out Dave Herman. <laughs> no, he's the one that put it together. Oh, oh okay. Shout out Dave. Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were telling me Dave also worked with you. I was like, holy shit. Um, so yeah, season's legit. But if it's the same offer and you're going to have Evergreen Creative running alongside of it, like your ads are going to have more data behind them and come into the, like have more learning and inputs. And Facebook's going to put those ads up against these brand new ads in the auction like you're going to just kind of smash on them. <laughs> they already like, right. So I think it's super, smart. you know, it's interesting. And yeah. I feel like I'm going against all the Facebook advice out there. Yeah. We do like our evergreen shit, dude. It smashes any holiday creative that we run. <laughs> no, no, For no every sale, like back to school, prime day, labor <laughs> day, why. Memorial day. Like the evergreen that's... just does so well. That's, all that's usually why I didn't yep. pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's usually why, right? So it's kind of like this weird thing where you're like, oh, my Black Friday creative. Dude, you don't need 30% off on all single, all of your ads, all your images, all your videos. Like, they know it's a deal. Like, just sh- like your ads are going to show up and they're going to smash. Oh, social proof and these likes and... Uh, these learnings on it with it, man, I don't know. You so, know what it is? You know the meme where it's like the standard distribution, the bell yeah, curve, yeah, the distribution? Yeah. It's like one end and then the other end is like the homie's like a noob and the homie's like, yeah, like, a, like an a Jedi, like a, like a fucking Yoda Jedi homie and then yeah. like a homie in the middle. Like I feel like a lot of people are <laughs> like, like yeah. the guys at the top and like, we're just like, oh, we should just run evergreen ads. Evergreen ads. <laughs> Dude. Like actually though, like I'm not saying that that isn't important, isn't worth it. If you have a totally different offer or you're putting a together a bundle or new product, then probably this is a little different. And if you're going to have a landing page where they have to like have this tiered discount gift thing where they pick and pack like their own order on your page and like, I want this one, I want this one, and they build this thing, then maybe you'll have to have new ads, right? But if you're 
a single skew brand like Birdie. Uh, and then now you're with Birdie Plus. Hey. I was going to ask last question. Four skews? What? Wait, can I say something before that? Before you ask, I'm just, this is the theme of the episode, man. Okay. When you're making your offer, make it as simple as possible, please. Yeah, please. No one care. Like, again, like no one cares about you that much where you got to construct the perfect bundle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no one's going to care. And, like, think of all the shit that you're buying on Black Friday, Cyber Monday. If you have to go to a site and be like, oh, I get this and this. Oh, but if I do this, then I get this and this. You're like, bro, I'm going to go get 20% off or 30 or 40% off somewhere else. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? Okay, sorry. Yeah, no, no. Keep it simple. Not everyone is as smart as you, brand owner or marketer. So just keep it simple for the people, uh, including us. Keep it simple, please. <laughs> okay, last question about Black Friday. And now you have plus. You didn't have plus really for Black last year, Black Friday. Is your offer change from with just the OG Birdie and the Birdie Plus? Yeah. So actually, we did testing during Labor Day and Prime okay. Day too to make sure it worked and it worked. Awesome. So our Black Friday offer, and shout out Zach and Connor for setting this up for us in 2020. We're not going to change it. Um, <laughs> is uh, 10% off a of Birdie single, 15, uh, 20% off if you buy three or more, and then 30% off if you buy five or more. Okay, so okay. That's, the, that's the bundle offer. And always you get free shipping if you buy two or more. For Birdie Plus, we are are discounting the hardware 30%, no matter what, and you're getting a free month subscription, and it's not going to be charged until after the first 60 days. Um, so it's kind of an interesting... So is uh, it then two free months? Yeah, so basically what we do, no matter what, we give you a 30-day grace period, right? Because we don't want to activate your subscription the day you buy it. Because then it has to get shipped to you, and you're like, what yeah. the fuck? I lost, like, five to ten days already. Sure. Like, what no, I pay for, like, the whole month. So we're just going to give you a grace period. You know, we want the customer experience to be good. You know what I mean? I actually care about people. Um, <laughs> you know, you yeah. want to have a good customer experience. So then I'm like, okay, just here's another 30, another 30 days on top of the 30-day grace period. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're going to go with. And the reason why we're doing 30% off the hardware is because um, to us, all the value comes from the software subscription component, um, right? And we don't want uh, to do like a 30, a potentially up to 30% off Birdie, and then you can only get up to 15% off Birdie Plus, right? We don't necessarily want those two things to compete with each other. Um, we want the revenue, but, you know, going forward, our goal is to get more people on the Birdie Plus and the subscription. So we're going to match that. So we did basically the same deal structure for Labor Day and Prime Day with just different numbers. Instead of 10, 20, 30, we did 10, 15, 20. Um, and then we discounted Birdie plus 20% off, and it worked fabulously. So we're just going to go with that same offer. But at 30? At 30, yes. Yep. Okay. So it's going to be actually the biggest deal of the year, not and not really bullshitting people. Yeah. Where are they like... <laughs> sale biggest sale of the year like all year round <laughs> it's like yeah. no 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 like it like people are people are not paying attention and keep saying that but if that's your that's your offer every single sale then i think people will catch on eventually so that's good you kind of tested it early switched it up um that's great man so uh anything yeah, get else all you your say? assets get all your assets made early 
you know, I think simple is good. The less things you need to change because like logistically it is a lot of work to get these things set up, right. To get ads and emails, landing pages, you know, landing pages, all discount the codes. It's, it's a lot. Um, try not to use discount codes. If you can have it auto apply. I think that's a big, I think that's a big hack. And then, I mean, it's kind of too late now, but maybe for next year. Um, take one of these like earlier holiday periods, like Memorial Day or Labor Day, or if you match Prime Day, or even if you just want to run a flash sale to test your offer, right? Like I would be kind of nervous if I had a brand and I never tested my offer or like a variation or like not the full offer, but a similar offer structure, right? And then you don't know because like it took so much time and energy to make and resources to make all of the, the, the assets that you need. Right. Yep. Um, and you don't want to basically be up on black Friday. Oh shit. Our thing bomb. Now we got to fix it for Saturday, Sunday and Monday. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think the other thing, like I'm going to go a little more psychological, you know what I mean? Like um, during black Friday, cyber Monday, like, you know, if it's going good, just sit back, have some coffee, watch Shopify live view. Make sure your media buyers on Slack. You know what I mean? Um, just and and if you do good, then celebrate it. You know what I mean? Like I think it's a really fun time of the year. If you know you you have a big Black Friday Cyber Monday, like really celebrate it um, because sometimes I think you know as as brand owners and founder brand operators and whatnot, it's easy to to lose track of or perspective of like what you actually accomplished. Like when we did over $350,000 on Cyber Monday in 2020, like, dude, that's a lot of money. Like so like thousands of people gave us their money to buy our, our freaking product. Like that's yeah. pretty cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, celebrate it, get everything done early and yeah, just have Shopify live view open. Like that's don't do any work. Just watch Shopify unless something's on fire. <laughs> just, just watch. You it heard it. You. <laughs> you heard it from Richie multi, Seven, sometimes eight figure brand operator. Just watch Shopify Live View. That's it. That's all you need, baby. Okay. Last thing, and then we'll head out. You still have Halloween. So if your brand, if it fits, do a Halloween test offer. Test your offer yeah. and sale then. Like you still have a week at by the time this comes out. And Call it a flash sale. It. Call it a flash, flash sale. Halloween flash sale, whatever. You still got test, time test, if you test. want to test it. And then celebrate, enjoy. Make sure you if you celebrate Thanksgiving and hang out with your friends and family, like you're still a human. I know it's the Super Bowl, but it's a big time of the year. Enjoy but, the time. Uh, and don't, don't get caught up in all the advice on Twitter. That's like, Oh, you got to be doing this specific thing or else you're going to be like fucking stupid or like you fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, just play your but, game. Yeah. But listen to us. Yeah. Listen to us. Don't but listen, everyone else on Twitter. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. We know what we're talking about. No, no, that's, that's not necessarily true either, but keep it simple. Filter out what you're consuming, and if it oh, works actually, last I, let year, me rephrase it. Don't feel like you have to do everything that's said. Okay, you know what I mean. There, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll condone that. I approve that message. Uh, <laughs> and so, if it worked last year, it probably is going to work again this year. And if it worked two years ago, it's probably going to work again this year, unless you have a drastically different product or skew set or anything. So, anyway, that's and that's all. It's a pretty good long episode this time. Action packed. Jammed on open store, Amazon, and Black Friday. 
Uh, we'll catch you next time with Tom's episode, and then Richie and I will be back at it again in the following one. Appreciate y'all. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible, man. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I love being able to do this and meet with people that are smart and enthusiastic and just want to share what they have to know about all things D2C. Every rating and review and episode you share with a friend means a ton to me as I continue to bootstrap this show as part of my small little media brand, High Key Geek. If you haven't checked out my other show, E-Commerce Uncovered, you should. It's a little more tactical and practical, and I've guest experts on to learn from freelancers, agency owners, in-house marketers, and founders, all in an effort to help you continue to bootstrap your D2C brand profitably. Two episodes a week will have you staying up to date on the ever-changing industry and learning fundamental concepts and tactics for you to apply to your own brand. That's e-commerce uncovered on the High Key Geek YouTube channel, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Catch you next time.